The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. The leader of the Bloc Québécois says his party will force a federal election this fall of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, Finance Minister Bill Marneau, and the PM's chief of staff don't step aside while the We Charity controversy continues to unfold. Uh, Blanchette called for Trudeau and Morneau to step aside last month, but he says the situation has worsened in recent weeks. Which is worse, keeping them and this government in place? or creating a temporary distortion in the management of the crisis in going into an election, which might replace them with people better suited for the job. So Trudeau and Morneau, of course, have close family connections to the WE charity. They have apologized for not recusing themselves from the decision to hand the administration of a student grant program to the organization. You know about that. You've heard it all here. Um, They've all testified in front of the Finance Committee looking into the scandal. Um, Now there's that. And then new details about a contract for small business rent relief that went to a company employing Telford's husband, Blanchett, saying all of this shows the Liberal government is no longer trustworthy. We want to talk about that. We also talk about the fact that today was likely Andrew Scheer's uh, last appearance in the House of Commons as opposition leader as the race to replace him continues. Dr. Lydia Miljohn is a political scientist at the University of Windsor. She joins us once again on the show. Welcome back to the show, Lydia. Oh, my pleasure. Nice talking to you. Nice to talk with you as well. So Blanchette's threat, all talk? He sounds as serious as a heart attack. Is it all talk? (laughs) Well, I mean, there's only so much he can do. He doesn't hold the balance of power. Um, For his motion to succeed, he needs not only the Conservatives, which is pretty easy because they've already had similar motions, but also the NDP, um, and that's where things get tricky. The NDP, even though they, they talk a big game, have been very reluctant to hold this government to account and um, they haven't been cooperating with other opposition parties so that's really where it all hangs and and quite frankly the NDP are in no position to go into election they could Mm -hmm. barely run their election last time around given their (laughs) finances so they're they're not they're not basically working from a period uh, from a position of strength um, do you think that Canadians uh, would even want to go to the polls right now? I think, well, in Alberta, I think so. there's many people that would want to go to the polls. Um, but in e- Eastern Canada, is that something, and is that something given, uh, you know, the pandemic? Well, you know, let's face it, whenever we're asked, do we want to have an election, we always say no. Canadians have a little appetite for elections, but nonetheless, that is the cornerstone of our democracy. So, yes, polling suggests right now that there's not a big appetite for an election campaign, um, and a lot of Canadians are sort of holding off their judgment on this government until the ethics commissioner report comes in. Um, so a lot can happen between now and then, but uh, I think that if the report is as critical as the opposition parties have been, uh, perhaps their their feelings on an election campaign might change. We're into such a bizarre situation where we you know mm-hmm. we can, we're barely able to think about even going back to school, and um, the prospect of an election is hanging over our head. So we can understand why Canadians might be reluctant to to want to pull the trigger right now. I thought it was interesting uh, yesterday, the Prime Minister putting out that statement in support of the Finance Minister, really an effort to to, to quell the rumours that uh, he might be out of a job soon. What did you make of that? 
You know, so, I mean, that's the rumors, right? The rumors are that that, um, the finance minister, his days are numbered and that he's going to be given the door. The problem for the prime minister, if he seeks seeks, uh, a cabinet shuffle or the resignation resignation of of the finance minister is that the questions then are, well, if... His mm-hmm. his breaches were that bad. What about yours? You, you've been found mm-hmm. guilty twice, and you've already admitted guilt in this in this instance, uh, or at least culpability. So why is it that the finance minister has to go and not you? And so I think that's what those sort of that affirmation of the finance minister was all about. The other the other story that came out uh, this, earlier this week is that Mark Carney is back in town and advising the prime minister on how mm-hmm. to get out of this massive um, deficit and debt we find ourselves in. So there's been a lot of rumors about whether or not um, Mark Carney might be a potential successor to the current finance minister. Do you think that, you know, I, I know everyone keeps, you know, s- suggesting or thinking that someone has to take the fall here, whether it, well, it's not going to be Trudeau at this point, I don't think, you know, the finance minister, Katie Telford, or maybe someone else, um, you know, um, it, we just keep moving forward. It's it's like Teflon in this party. It is. I mean, remember, I mean, I think that uh, of all the players, at least this week, every week I'm going to have a different opinion, but this week mm-hmm. it looks like Telford is the one actually most at risk, in part because of her testimony in front of the charity, essentially making the claim that they were, you know, they were doing their due diligence, always contacting the ethics commissioner on a whole host of other matters, but neglected to ask him about uh, the the parent conflicts in this instance. But I think she's under fire this week because her husband's uh, company uh, was given a sole source um, contribution agreement for rent assistance, and and. I, you know, in that instance, I think she did contact the ethics committer and she, commissioner, and she did put in um, a, a, an ethics screen. But nonetheless, the the questions arise. You know, is she? You know, maybe her days are numbered. She's been in the job for quite some time, exceptionally long, actually, for a chief of staff. Mm-hmm. Chief of staff mm-hmm. usually have like a two to three year shelf life, and she's been there ever since uh, the 2015 election campaign. So I think if they want to sacrifice somebody, just like they did in the SNC Lavalin. And Gerald Butts, as you recall, um, yeah. resigned then. She might be the one to resign now, saying, you know, no one's pushed me out, but, you know, I don't want to be the distraction, which is, I think was his words uh, at that time. And so perhaps she's the one that's oh. going to take the fall. Okay, pushing out or, you know, sacrificial lambs, whatever it is. But if, if these people, like the chief of staff and his advisors, are the ones that are taking the fall, what does it say to you about who the prime minister is, you know has in his inner circle um and and the advice that 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 he's getting um through all of this and we've seen mistake after mistake on his part or or misjudgment after misjudgment on his part whatever way you want to describe it yeah, I think there is a culture within the party. I think that they believe their own PR, that you know, and, and that their own campaign promises that somehow they're more ethical than than any other government. It, you know, there there's always going to be mistakes made. The problem with this government is that they're just so self righteous about they're doing well or they're they're in it for whatever ex you know jobs, the students, whatever they they claim that they are completely oblivious to, you know, the appearances of conflict and the actual conflict that exists in, in their relationships with other organizations. And, you know, to tell you the truth, my reading of the Liberals, especially under Justin Trudeau, is that they they take seriously the, the mantle that they are Canada's natural governing party to the extent that they think that they, that 
the party is the same as the country and, and they really focus, so they wrap themselves around in the flag quite a lot and I think that's what makes them so so easily uh, go down the, the wrong path is that they don't really see that there is a difference between politics and the state and um, they mm. conflate the two too often. Uh, need to take a break here, Dr. Miljama. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about Andrew Shear. Can you stick around? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Lydia Miljohn, joining me this afternoon, a political science professor at the University of Windsor. And as I mentioned earlier, Andrew Shear's last appearance, what was likely his last appearance in the House of Commons as opposition leader uh, today, the race to replace him continues. It was interesting, uh, not too long ago, uh, Charles Adler tweeted, you know, when someone asks, how will Andrew Shear be remembered? The correct answer is, he won't be.